0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe, and this is the Expat Money Show. Today, what I want to do is do a solo episode and kind of talk you guys through something that we've never really discussed on this show. You know, we've been going for well, over six years now, and we've done hundreds of episodes and had so many amazing guests and interviews, and and I've really tried to cover everything I can. But today is going to be an episode like no other, and I don't have it very well planned out. I will just tell you that right now. I have about a dozen bullet points in front of me written down of just some things that I want to share with you, some stories, and I'm hoping by the end that this might be valuable for the would-be expat or even for expats who are already overseas and might be going through something similar. So what is the topic today? Well, it might sound a little bit morbid, but the topic today is going to be dealing with death, dealing with loss as an expat. You can kind of understand why it is not something that I try to focus on on this show, but it is a part of life, and it is something that we all have to deal with, and I just thought that with my experience over the last nearly 23 years, and what I have seen and what I have worked with clients through, that maybe some of these stories might be beneficial for you and might give you a little bit of insights and a, and a perspective. And, and if they don't, then that's okay as well, because I am just going to absolutely do my best here and hope that this reaches the right person. But if not, you feel free to listen to some of the back episodes or the programs that we've done about specific countries, or the immigration, or the taxation, or the things that we normally talk about on the program. So I know that this episode will not be for everyone. So, where to start? Well, I hope everyone had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I'm not an American citizen myself, I'm Canadian, but we still celebrated Thanksgiving this year. I had my father in town for the last week and it was a really great experience. It's been a few years since I have seen him. So, we actually went out for Thanksgiving dinner and we saw lots of friends over the last week and it's been a little bit hectic here at the house. I think we went out for dinner every single night for seven eight days straight or something like that and meeting people. But we did go and eat lots of turkey and and just had a great Thanksgiving and I hope you guys got to see your family as well. Today's episode really is a lot about family. I mean, it's about family, it's about friends, it's a lot about making connections. So that's kind of the explanation about what we're going to be doing today and yeah, and let's jump in, I suppose. So where did this come from? Why did I want to do an episode like this? Well, I've had a private client. Obviously, I won't say her name because I'm always very respectful of my client's privacy. But with her permission, I'm going to very briefly share the story. So she's a Canadian citizen. She has two children, almost adult children. And the three of them and her husband moved down to Panama. I assisted them in a move down to Panama over the last, say, we probably worked together over the last six months, but the move happened in the last three or four months. And this is a really dear friend of mine, I mean her family and my family have become very close over the last couple of months and we see them on a weekly basis and I'm just such fans of them. They're just great, great human beings. But what happened was right after they did the move and got down here, her father got sick, which is not something you want to see. You know, you move overseas, you're all excited about a new country and a new jurisdiction and a new life and all these types of things. And then immediately within weeks or maybe a month, her father gets really sick and he gets put in a home. And obviously my client was very worried so she traveled back to Canada and saw him and and tried to help where they could and she's a doctor so she helped with some of the medication and changed things around and he, he started to look quite good and then a couple of weeks went by I think she was back in Panama for about two weeks and she got a call that her father is really not doing well and it's probably best that they come back to say goodbye So that's what they did. She got on an airplane and her and her family flew back to Canada and got to see him and spend a week with him. And, you know, he was still coherent and understood what was going on. And they got to say their goodbyes. Anyways, they came back to Panama and he passed away. So they had to fly back again for the funeral. That's difficult thing to do i mean back and forth back and forth back and forth you know they're trying to relocate their business here and build up a new book of clients and everything like that and they have to go back and forth now when we were out at dinner the one night i spoke to her daughter she's 17 years old and i said you know what do you think about this you've moved overseas and as soon as you leave your grandfather passes away How do you feel about this? You know, are you angry at your parents? Are you angry at the situation? What would you change? What would you do different? And her response was surprisingly mature and quite beautiful. I mean, she basically said to me that she was so grateful that she got to go back and see him. And when she went back to see him, he was still very cognizant of what was happening. He was sharing with them and holding her hand and talking to them and she will have that memory of him in a good place for the rest of her life. Now she wasn't there on the final moments and who knew what that would look like but her final memory of him is a very positive one. She also mentioned that a lot of the other family members were maybe not so around during that time because they didn't really know what was going to be happening and they thought they could go down at any moment and they didn't take advantage of that final time together, which I feel sad for them, for sure. So my clients and and her family, they actually flew back and forth several times to go and see her father. This is an interesting experience, you know, because I've had similar things like this in my life. I'm almost 40 years old, I have lost all of my grandparents, I, I don't have any grandparents left. And I remember the first time I was living in New Zealand, it was 2005 or 2006, something like that. And I was living in New Zealand. I was working in a restaurant. I used to cook in kitchens and stuff like that. And I was very young. I mean, this was, I was in my 20s, early, early, early 20s, something like that. And I got an SMS from my father, you know, so there was no WhatsApp, there was no signal or telegram or anything like that. I got a plain text analog message from my father saying that my grandmother had just died. And I didn't even know she was sick. Actually, technically, I don't even think she was sick. My grandfather said something to her. She didn't reply. This is the story that I heard. She didn't reply. And she just stood there for a minute. And then she just fell down, and he called the ambulance. The ambulance took her to the hospital, and she passed away. And that was it. It was just she just had an, a brain aneurysm, and she just died. Now living in New Zealand, I didn't have the option of flying back like my friends did. Panama to Toronto is, you know, a five, five and a half hour flight. From New Zealand, from Wellington, where I was back to Canada, is like a 30, 40 hour flight. So I think that even if I had got on an airplane, the moment that I heard this news and tried to go back, I would have missed the funeral. There was no way to go about that. And when I was in my early twenties and I was just doing whatever random job that I could and making money so I could travel, I didn't have money for something like that. So I had to mourn by myself alone. Now I did have my brother with me. You know, neither one of us got to go back and and we were quite sad. We were very close with our grandmother and, and I loved her very deeply. But then it was also difficult to not be there for my father you know, not be there to support him. He has two sons, and both of us were living in New Zealand together, so we didn't have either one of his boys there. And that was sad, you know, and I I have to be honest, I, I probably had a bit of guilt about it, that I wasn't there for my family when I needed them because I was an expat, because I was living overseas and I was so far away from home, I wasn't there to support my family. So as I said, I've lost all my grandparents since I was away, I don't want this to be like a sad story, you know, like, and I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about these things. And obviously, you know, these are not nice memories for me by any means. But I really do want to kind of do my best to, to share the stories with you and just kind of tell you about how I felt and maybe give you guys permission to feel certain ways or or maybe be prepared for how you might feel when you move overseas and you have family members or friends or someone close to you who passes away. I don't remember next in order, but at some point in my life, I I did live back in Canada. I lived in the, the Canadian high Arctic next to Greenland for a year. And after this trip, I went back to see my father and my dad got really sick when I was back. So I wanted to go back for a couple of weeks, you know, see the family and then continue on in my travels. But he ended up getting really, really sick. And it was basically a tumor in his back that pressed on his urethras, erythras, something like this. It's basically down to his bladder. And he lost a ton of weight and got really, really sick. And the doctor had told us like, Say your goodbyes because we don't know how long he has, but he won't be around for much longer. This was devastating, obviously. And you know, my father was such a you know, he's he's pretty tall guy and he's very strong and you know, I always looked up to him quite a bit. And, you know, just to see him lose all this weight and become so weak and he couldn't eat and he was just so just so frail was really difficult for me. So I ended up extending my vacation or my trip home, and I spent about five or six months Back taking care of the house for my father. He's a very particular guy. Like he likes things done in a certain way. So we had a huge house where I grew up, a really beautiful neighborhood, and he had a huge lawn. And he always wanted his lawn cut in a really particular way. Like it had to be perfect. And he wants the pool done in a perfect way. And he wants the house cleaned exactly in the right way. So I didn't want him stressed out about all of these types of things while he was going through this sickness. So I just stayed there and I didn't work and I didn't. Do anything, and I just took care of the house. And, you know, I'd have to set my alarm and stuff like that and go and check on him every couple of hours. You know, he was resting and I'd bring him his medication and take him to the bathroom and things like this. Thank God, my father ended up getting better. He took a a new type of drug and it shrunk the tumor. He didn't have to have surgery and he got better. And as I said, at the beginning of this, he actually came down for Thanksgiving and to see the grandkids and and to see me and everything like that. And we hadn't seen him in three, almost four years because of this COVID nonsense that's been going on. But I got to see him and I I was very grateful for that. But during this time, I, I really did think I was going to lose him. So I I spent an extended amount of time and kind of put my life on hold for six months to be there and just to spend some extra time with him. Not that I think that it was really quality time because he was so sick and felt so awful and he doesn't remember most of it. But I guess just to help out and just try to reduce a bit of his stress so he didn't worry about all these things. But during this time, while I was back, my grandfather ended up passing away. The same grandfather that, that I told you about the story with my grandmother And I got to go to the funeral, and it was a really sad experience to go through this. And I don't remember which one of my family members it was. It could have been one of my uncles or one of my cousins or something like that. They stood up to give the eulogy, and they told this story about my grandfather. And he was diabetic, so he used to carry around these really small black books And in the black book, he would write down, you know, the medication he took and what he ate and his insulin levels. But he would also just make a couple of personal notes in there about how he was feeling or what happened during the day, you know, just like a very, very short, short diary. And he kept these for probably 20 years or something like that. And they're telling the story on when he passed away and they went in there to start, clearing the estate and everything like that. They found hundreds of these little black books with all of these notes in it. And he had been keeping them for years and years and years and years. And then the date that my grandmother died was his final entry in this. And he just said, Mark died today, worst day of my life. And that's it. He never wrote again. He never did another diary, another journal. And that was it. And it was just like he just gave up after that. So that was hard to hear, you know, and I had missed so many years of my grandparents' life because I left when I was 16, 17 years old and my grandparents had kind of followed my travels and I sent them back postcards and things like that. And I would go back to visit every three or four years or, you know, every, it was hard because I was living in Australia for three years and the South Pacific for a few years. So, you know, I missed so much of their lives and that was Something that I knew I was saying goodbye to when I left, you know, and that was a decision I had made that for my happiness, I needed to follow my dreams and I had to live overseas. These were, you know, explore the world and travel. I have this goal of going to every single country in the world and I've had this goal since I was 12 years old. And at 110 countries now, you know, I'm well on my way. It's taken me 23 years to get here, but I'm still working on this. And there's more human beings have been to outer space than they have been to every country in the world. And and I want to be one of the people who go to every single country in the world. So I've had to sacrifice for that. You know, this has not been a giant vacation. And dealing with loss is certainly a part of that. So these were hard things to go through And a lot of emotions that are are attached to it. And am I doing the right thing? Is my wife doing the right thing? Is my kids doing the right thing? That they won't have these types of relationships with their grandparents or with their families or aunts and uncles or cousins or anything like that. So it was a really similar type of experience with my mother's mother. When my wife and I had our first child, we were living in the UAE. We were living in Abu Dhabi. And we had this brand new baby and, or we I, I suppose we were about to have our brand new baby and we were both working and we needed help. We didn't have anybody around like, okay, we had some friends, but we didn't have anyone who could really be there. And I said to my mother, you know, we need you here. And my mother was really helping to care for her mother, my grandmother. And my mother's father had already passed away, which I was not there for, which I you know, was not there to support my mother. And I was not there... To support my family or anyone else. But I told my mother that I needed her there to help take care of her granddaughter. And so she did. She left and she left her mother in good hands. It wasn't like her mother was by herself or anything like that. My mother has two brothers and they were there to help and they were friends and things like that. And she came over to help us. And not shortly after my mother left, my grandmother died. So that was a difficult one to deal with. You know, you have this, my mother was not there for the final moments of her mother's life, but she was there for the beginning moments of her granddaughter's life. You know, and I influenced that. And, you know, I don't know today what my mother would say. Was that worth it? Was it not worth it? Would she change things? Did she have regret? But, you know, I pushed that decision. And that's something that I have to live with and deal with. I like to think that I, I made the right decision I think that the memories for my mother are very special. I remember when my wife gave birth and my mother being there and my mother crying and us all crying, welcoming my daughter into the world. And I believe that will be a very special moment for my mother for her entire life. I'm very fortunate. My mother lives with us now. My mother has lived with us for six years now and she's traveled all over the world with us. I've taken her to Italy and Switzerland and... Japan and Korea and Thailand and Singapore and I took her hiking with me in Uganda, and we went and saw the Silverback Mountain gorillas. And she moved here from the UAE to Panama with us, and we've taken her to Colombia and all of these countries around the world. And she's been able to do that with my daughter, with her granddaughter, and now with her grandson, because I have a son now as well. As we prepare to try to have a, a third child, and, and God willing, we will have another child, you know, it'll be amazing for my mother to be there and see the the kids being born and, and be part of our relationship. But certainly she had to sacrifice and give up things in her life to be an expat. You know, she's had friends that have passed away since we've been living overseas. She's had her own aunts and cousins and, and childhood friends from high school that she um, have known her entire life who have passed away. And she's had to deal with those things because of her desire to live overseas and be an expat as well. So there's a lot of emotion that is attached to that. I have had, just in the last year or 18 months or something like that, I've had several friends who have died suddenly, a couple of guys who were my age, who were, you know, maybe six months or a year younger than me, so in their late 30s, who have died from problems with their heart that, I don't know, just, they just died suddenly. And I was not able to go back for the funeral. I was not able to travel in and out of the country because of certain reasons that you guys might be able to guess. The one guy, I've known him since I was probably four years old or five years old. Like, I mean, I knew him from junior kindergarten. Um, And another one was a best friend of mine from, you know, the first couple of months when I got to high school. You know, I wouldn't say that we were best friends now by any means. We had lost touch as I was an expat and I didn't travel back that much. But these were good guys and, and people that, you know, I really knew and knew their family and we all grew up together and my heart really breaks for them, but not being there to see all my other friends from school or from high school who were really close with them and not being there to support them has been very difficult, you know, and just hearing about it through the grapevine or, hey, did you hear what happened? Hey, did you hear what happened with him? Et cetera, et cetera. That's tough to be there. There was another experience over the last year or so with a friend of mine who was actually living here in Panama. And I was not in Panama at the time, although I do keep a permanent home here in Panama. I was living in Brazil at at that time. And we were in Brazil for... I can't remember if it was the first time I was in Brazil for about six months or one of the other trips that I did down there. Anyways, I got a signal message from one of my friends hey, is it true about such and such? I won't say his name on this program, but is it true? And I was like, and when he said that, like I just had this feeling like crap, like something's happened. Not just something happened, but I knew what had happened. Just instinctively, I knew what had happened. And I guess my friend had gone through a lot of depression over the last two years with these lockdowns and it ruined his business. And yeah, there was just a a lot of financial troubles. He ended up taking his own life. And this was devastating for all of us. This was someone who was close to our family, that my daughter was friends with their daughter and my mother was close with the wife and I was close with him. And although we hadn't seen him a bit because of these lockdowns and stuff like that, you know, it was a really horrible experience. And I remember just getting this message and when I found out what happened, I just, my knees just gave out and I just sat on the ground and I just bawled my eyes out, so upset. And I was in the middle of a trip and I was doing this immigration work down in Brazil and I couldn't leave. You know, it was just like I just couldn't go, couldn't go back. And the funeral was going to be like that day or the next day. Like it was super, super quick. So I called my mother and my mother went on our behalf to show our respect and our regards as a family. But I wasn't there for that because... Although I was an expat, and it happened in the country I was an expat in, I was living somewhere, I was I was traveling somewhere else. So I missed that. So I have a lot of stories like this. I'm not going to tell all of them. I mean, there's no point. I guess kind of the moral of the story is, understand that being an expat or digital nomad or traveling the world, there are sacrifices. So many people have come to me throughout the years and say, Raquel, you're so lucky, you know, you're so lucky to live in XYZ country or to do this type of thing or to travel the world or go to visit all of these countries. You're so lucky. I always hated this sentence because, well, first of all, there is no luck involved in what I have done. I have been very purposeful about my life. I have made a lot of decisions and I've shaped this on my own. And second of all, I want people to understand that this is not a giant vacation. I'm not just living in a five-star resort and this is not just the beaches of Cancun or something like that. Like, I mean, traveling and living overseas is hard and there are a lot of sacrifices and a lot of things that you have to give up. Would I change it all if I could have just been happy living in southwestern Ontario and marry my childhood sweetheart and white picket fence and just... Build a family there? Probably not, to be honest with you. My life has not been easy. I've had to overcome a lot of challenges being an expat. I've had to go through a lot of things and I wouldn't necessarily wish for an easier life. But at the same time, I don't want people to discount this life and just think that it's all going to be rainbows and sunshine. I want people to know that there is a lot to it and you do have to make sacrifices. You have to go through these types of things, and you will give up things. The family aspect and dealing with loss is one of them. Everybody deals with loss, but being alone in this and not having the support of the friends and family around you, not being there to support others, just doing things via SMS in plain text trying to console my father at 50 cents a text message going back and forth when you have no money to fly home is a is a pretty crappy experience. So I guess also I want people to understand that Not to blame yourself because you make these choices and maybe you won't be there for your family, not to blame yourself. I think that we all have to do what we can in our lives to make things make sense. For me, that was always traveling around the world. For me, that was exploring the world. I was never going to be happy in Southwestern Ontario. I was never going to be happy with that white picket fence and that type of life. It wasn't for me, it wasn't in the cards. I could have stayed and been miserable or I could have gone and built my life and done what I have done to make myself happy. So I think it's important to forgive myself for not being there for family. And I do and I am, you know, I have and I do and I will forgive myself for all of these types of things. And I think that you should as well when you go through it. Anyways, that's today's episode. I hope it's been valuable. If not then that's okay too. As I said, I wasn't sure how this would turn out. I know it's probably a shorter episode than I normally do, and it's a bit frank and a bit blunt, but that's it. I hope you guys have a great week. I love all of you. You know, we're doing so many amazing things with this community, We're just growing so fast. And there's just so many things going on. Every time we're going to a new country, we're meeting new people face-to-face. You know, we're doing lots of meetups and dinners and get-togethers and field trips here in Panama. We just got back from Uruguay with a trip. We've got trips planned to five or six different countries with my clients next year. You know, we're really building out this huge. I've got the Christmas party for all of my private clients and all of my clients and the Founders Edition ticket holders. That's coming up in a couple of weeks, week and a half, something like that. So if you guys are a private client, you should have received some emails and some information and invitations from me if not then reach out we'll get you sorted with that if you want to become a private client then you can go to expatmoney.com you can make an application so you can join us for a lot of these trips and we're just we're really trying to support each other as we move overseas as we set up these plan b residencies as we deal with all of the issues of being an expat we're just knocking them out one by one and the transformation has been really fantastic So that's it. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. I will see you again next Wednesday on the podcast. And yeah, have a great day. Thanks. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels.